0: My mom's podcast is brought to you by Cure International. Cure heals kids. And then they tell them about Jesus. Find out more at my mom's website. Come to Williams.com. and then click on Cure. Hashtag thanks for listening.
1: This is, this, this is, this is life. This is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. Hello, Lisa Williams.
0: Hello, from Vero Beach, Florida. I'm so close to you.
1: I know. You're a couple hours away. It's nice. No snow. Sand, but no snow.
0: Yeah, it's just so nice. We've slept. The first night we slept 10 hours, and then we just slept 10 hours again. I think we're tired.
1: Oh. You know? We're
0: just going to That's what you
1: guys needed. How wonderful.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know that by, it's going to be two weeks, so by a few more days, I'm going to unwind and really start hearing from God. I'm very happy.
1: I think that's so. one of the keys that um that happens in our culture and yeah you know, it's easy to blame Facebook for everything but um, <laughs> let's just blame Facebook. Yeah, let's just blame Facebook <laughs> for everything. You know, it's it's Zuckerberg's fault. But when you start <laughs> to look at how come we don't get rested. I mean, honest to goodness, rest. Many of us don't have a day a month, even a day a year, much yeah. less a day a week. So what happens is we get our souls get so tired. Yeah. And it's easy it's easy when you're tired to really make bad decisions. I, you know, at least I read a lot. and In one of Bill Clinton's books, he commented on the situation with Monica Lewinsky. And, and what he said I thought was just so profound. He said, I've never made a bad decision. And he said that was a terrible decision. He said, but I've never made a bad decision in my life when I wasn't sleepy or tired or exhausted. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of truth in that.
0: Just running yourself to the point where you don't use good judgment, that you have no defenses, and you make an easy choice that feels good, but is a bad choice. And I think that maybe people like you, Dwight, and people like me and others, we love God. We love good. We love ministry. We love helping. We love seeking. We love all of it. But we can even get that out of balance when oh, we yeah. don't put the king first and just, I'm, I'm really reaching for God right now, even as I'm speaking, I'm re- I'm reading... um Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Yeah. And the first three chapters are just about, this life is about him. It's not about you, sweetheart. You know, this is his story. And you just need to worship and adore him and and be in his presence. And I'm thinking, isn't that the truth? Like, what could happen in my life, Dwight? What could happen in our lives, all of us, if we just slowed down and looked at him? You know?
1: Well, but see, here's here's what happens because you know this is some religions call this Holy Week because they slow things down. Yeah, and they focus on the incredible sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for people like me with 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 doubts and insecurities and fears and 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 pride and ego and and all the stuff that Jesus saved me from, all yes. my selfish terrible decisions, and a lot of religions slow down. So they can just focus on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, everybody around the world knows there was a guy named Jesus. But a lot of people around the world, even here in our own country, they don't know why we slow things down many times with tears and brokenness Mm -hmm. to take Holy Communion and to be able to stop and say, Oh, Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. And they don't really understand it because they've heard the name Jesus. They just don't understand really the relationship. And and it's something. At least you and I, you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and it was this whole idea of religion really gets in the way of people being able to see who Jesus Christ is, not who he was, but who, who he, he really is. is. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I think a lot of people this week are going to go, "Why are so many stores closed?" And they're going to be mad, right? And they're going to see people, you know, just, just flooding churches. It's the most popular time of the year that people go to a church. But even some of the people who go, I think they're going to make grandma happy, but they don't really understand it and they don't really get it because mm-hmm. they know Jesus was a historical person, but they have no idea why is everything shut down because they're so, they're so sometimes distracted when I, you know what? I'm not going to say they, I'm going to say me because until I really had a true relationship with Christ. Easter was kind of a, it was a good thing because you get chocolate. And then it was a good thing because of my sister's birthday usually would fall on Easter. So it means we get cake and there's a party. But it didn't really mean much to me about Jesus other than a historical fact. That didn't bother me, but it didn't add any value to me. And as I got older into college years, it was just uh, kind of a nuisance. It was like, okay, yay, Easter. But when I was in on a mission trip. And I don't talk about this as much as I should because it was transformational. Um, but it's hard to get through without getting very emotional. It's
0: it's okay. It's just talk through those emotions because I want to hear I want to hear your words and your emotions together.
1: Well, I got fired from a job and one of only two times in my life I got fired. And both times I was fired because of something called insubordination which means I'm not going to do it your way. I think I know what I'm doing. And both times I deserve to be fired. It's my fault. But one of those times I was unemployed and literally, I mean, counting pennies to get gas money. Uh, I mean, just absolutely broke with no hope. It was the middle of uh, the winter and I just, I didn't have any job options. And my cousin, um, God rest his soul. He's in heaven today, but he was a pastor in Kentucky and had unbelievable favor with God. And I was at a really dark place, and my mom and dad said, you know, uh, our cousin in Kentucky is a pastor, but his church is going to Jerusalem to sing at the Garden Tomb for Easter sunrise service uh, for for uh, Easter of that year. And God gave him incredible favor, and his church choir needed some male voices because most choirs are made up of, you know, like women, but not as many men. And I'm loud. I can't carry a tune, but I'm loud. So they kept me away from the microphones. <laughs> and I literally traveled with this choir to Jerusalem to be at the empty tomb on Easter sunrise of that year. And there, the place was, of course, packed. But the, the thing that was the most meaningful to me, because I was at a dark place and I had failed and I was not living right at all. And Jesus was somebody I knew of, but I'm not even sure that I was a Christ follower at that point. I wasn't living like it. And I'll come back to that in a minute. And because we had a television crew and a radio crew, and we we got to close up the the Garden Tomb area, which is a garden right, in, right outside Jerusalem. And you've seen pictures of it with the yeah. big empty tomb. Yeah. And they closed everything at 4 o'clock that day, and they ran all the tourists off. And it was just us. And I wandered over because I was supposed to be waiting, and they were working on technical stuff, and you know how long that takes. So I, I walked over to the empty tomb, and I sat down by the empty tomb for about 15 minutes and just thought about who Christ was. I mean, the place he rose from the dead, the place that, that Mary walked in and saw a young man dressed in linen where, where Peter and John. And John waited at the empty tomb and, and Peter ran in. I sit there and I think about my life and what's wrong. And it started to come together and make sense. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ lived. He died. And I was at an empty tomb. He wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. You go to any famous person, you go to Buddha, Martin Luther King Jr., Ronald Reagan, there's a tomb, there's a grave, there's an eternal flame when you see JFK at Arlington. But for Jesus, it's empty. And some things started to come together and I made two big decisions. And I'm sitting there for probably 15 minutes by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually it was like, where's, where's Bane? Get him over here. Because I wasn't supposed to be sitting there. And I made one decision much earlier. I had wanted to be a Christian psychologist on the radio in Orlando, but I'd never finished my education. And I made the decision, it's it's time to get back on track. It's time to to fulfill what I believe that Christ called me to do. And the girl I was dating and the girl that I was uh, ignoring, I decided it's time to go from dating for, I don't know, five years at that point to Decide to get married, build a future. And I made those two decisions by an empty grave. Wow. On right. Easter, the day before Easter on a Saturday afternoon. And the next morning, the choir sang, and it was a big blur, and it was a packed house. But I don't remember that Sunday morning nearly as much. I mean, I remember it was early. We had to get mm-hmm. there at 4 o'clock in the morning. I remember mm. that Saturday afternoon by an empty mm-hmm. tomb. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and I, Because on that day, I think I shifted from being something called a believer I believe in Jesus and all the history, and I knew that he had been there and all that, right? And walked on the earth, and, and some people even get stuck on that one. But I'd move from being a believer in Christ to being surrendered. And now here's a real key, and this is the part I want to come back to. Because, Lisa, to surrender is to be a disciple. It's saying, my life isn't my own anymore. God called me for a greater purpose, not in an arrogant way, in, in a humble way. I'm surrendering my life, my goals, my will, my wants, my desires to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? A believer knows about God, knows about Jesus, knows about church. And they go on Easter and probably wait in line at a restaurant somewhere for three hours trying to get in so they can have restaurant, you know, food with grandma. But a disciple is just somebody who's who's broken and surrendered. And I'm in that group now. And that journey started by an empty an empty grave and I I wish I could talk to everybody who has doubts what is you know God let bad things happen and all that because I would take them away from that conversation and I'd say let me tell you how Jesus Christ changed my life you get character not by reading a book and not by going to church you deepen and develop character by watching the people that you know and the people you're in relationship with who live different and I would want to talk to them about let me tell you how Christ is in my life and how it helps me with my anger and my lust, and my fear, and my doubt, and my insecurity, and my selfishness, and my need to be right. Let me tell you how Jesus helps me day by day, and how I'm a little bit better today than I was yesterday because of Christ. Moving from being a believer in God, a believer in Christ, to being a surrendered disciple, that's also what happened to Peter and John. And I had a chance to be at the exact same space and sit there and think about life, and maybe. Maybe God gave me that experience so I could share it with you and and our friends right now.
0: Yes. I was just thinking the same thing, that there's someone who is listening because I believe in this awesome God who's sovereign and has a plan for your life. And he has made this moment so that you would be listening to Dwight. He created this space in time where you are listening and just heard the story of a man and his relationship with the one true living God through his son, Jesus Christ. And I would hope for that one person who is listening, who is not a believer at all, or you're a believer, but you really are not a surrendered disciple, that we would begin those transitions into Christ, into knowing him, into it becoming less of a story and more of your next heartbeat. You know, that's mm. a reality that's available. And Dwight's story is a testimony of the truth of God. And so I, I appreciate you sharing all of that. It's so cool. Uh, I heard Max Lucado teach once about the Saturday of Easter. Like We all talk about Good Friday and we all talk about Easter Sunday, but nobody talks about that Saturday when there was so much work being done and it was dry for the disciples and you know it was just this moment when Jesus was descending into hell and taking the keys and you know that that's the rest time between the two days where God does the deepest work um and that's what he did in you on that saturday
1: well on that saturday um some things got to be clear but i hope that the people who are a little bit distracted by easter or are maybe Maybe they were like I was because I'd been in church my whole life. My parents always drugged me to church. So it wasn't about going to church. Um, I'd go to church and feel guilty about what I'd done the week before. The difference was understanding God's grace and understanding God's calling. I believe that God has a call and a purpose for everybody that, that we're not here by accident. You and I aren't, aren't talking by accident. Somebody is listening to this podcast or listening to a show. It's not by accident. There you need this and I need this. Because it's part, remember, you don't develop character by reading a book. You get that through conversations with people that matter to you. And the reason I like to be around you, Lisa, and I like to be around some of the different friends that we share this microphone with, is it challenges me in my thinking. It makes me better. You know, it's not mutual admiration society where we're all patting each other on the back how great we are. It's usually, (laughs) man, I'm really struggling. I really, (laughs) I'm telling you, Easter, you know, I know what's going to happen this weekend. It always happens because Sheila always gets Easter candy for the kids. And somehow there'll be those little bitty Reese's peanut butter cups and there'll be those little bitty Twix. And I told you, you can have the Three Musketeers. It's not tempting. It's not even a problem. It's not even a distraction to me. God bless the people that eat Three Musketeers. I don't know who you are. It's not my deal. (laughs) But I'm telling you, there's little twix bars and it's like, man, I know I'm not supposed to eat this, right? And, and because I've got my wonderful friend, your wonderful friend, uh, Dean has lost 60 pounds and Dean has challenged me. What are you eating that for? Come on, man. Come on, up your game. Because as believers, we can help each other with weak spots. Doesn't mean Absolutely. we're perfect. Nobody's perfect, right. but it means we can help each other. And also part of a healthy relationship is saying, I think you need to work on that, or I think that's a bigger blind spot than you realize. Hey, let me tell you what helped me this morning. You know, this morning I got a wonderful text from a friend. He's in another part of the state of Florida, and he just sent me a kind word, and I really needed that kind word. And so I thought, you know, I wonder if if I can find five people on my contact list that I could send this kind word to. I could I could send this, this scripture to. I could say, here's something that really helped me. Because now, see what's happening now? We're growing. And that's how believers who are moving into disciples, a believer knows about it. It's like, yeah, okay, great. A disciple's doing something about it. They're not just following and saying, yeah, I believe that. They're they're putting some feet to it. I saw earlier today, someone is going to leave work early to go by hospice to visit somebody that they really don't know that well. And I thought, oh, that's what Jesus would do. Mm -hmm. Because it's saying, this is just the right thing to do. And for some people, the right thing to do, and and, and it's different for all of us. Mm-hmm. But when you'll take that step to move forward, now you're living Easter every day. The resurrection of Christ is what makes me live different today than, than yesterday. Easter is something I live in my life every day. Jesus Christ rose from the dead because he paid the penalty for the sins of people like me. And when that story resonates, you don't want to do the wrong stuff anymore. In fact, it's not just about living different. It's about saying, I want to help some other people that I care about so they can live free as well. I want to keep this to myself, man. I want to go tell the world. And when the early disciples went from being scared, oh my gosh, they might arrest me too. When they really understood, look what Jesus did for us. It didn't matter. They just said, I, I've tell other people. I've tell other people. Let me tell you how Jesus Christ changed my life. It's my favorite phrase. Jesus Christ changed my life. Let me tell you about it. And I wish we could sit down and have a conversation because it's about how to have Easter in your life every day.